Hello, ladies and gentlemen, family and friends from around the country and literally around the world. This is another episode with your host, David J. Harris Jr., hopefully one of your favorite deplorable brothers, checking in with you on this Monday. And oh my goodness, is it an amazing Monday for so many reasons, yet it is also chaotic. We cannot forget and we have to understand what's at stake in our country. Friends, I just want to say personally, thank you so, so much for choosing to spend a little bit of your day with me. If you're on Facebook right now, please hit the share button. Hopefully somebody, one of somebody else's family members or one of yours, sees something in my episode today that makes them say, I'm going to do some more research. Maybe they'll even rethink uh, the, uh, the mindset that they have if it is off from, I believe, what is the absolute truth. Please hit the share button. If you're on Twitter, thank you so much for watching me via Twitter. Please retweet this. If you're on YouTube, thank you also so, so much. I so appreciate my YouTube audience. And if you're listening to me right now on my podcast, thank you for tuning in to the David J. Harris Jr. Podcast. It is one way that we can help fight the narrative that the mainstream media continues to push down our throats. I'm going to show some of that to you today. But uh, please share this podcast with 10, 15, 20 friends. Help me spread the word about the truth that I am trying to bring. If you're not subscribed to the David J. Harris Jr. Podcast, please do so after the show. First and foremost, I've got a lot of news to bring, but I just want to say personally to everybody out there that donated to my father, that heard me share, I, I, I made one post. Uh, if you don't know what took place, I'll tell you, and then I'll tell you what took place afterwards. My dad, uh, after I was in Tulsa, I was in Arizona, and in Arizona, I was supposed to leave the next day, I believe Thursday, uh, or, or Friday, maybe it was Friday, no, it was Thursday, and I got a phone call from my uh, my stepmom, my, my dad's wife, that my dad was in the hospital with COVID-19, confirmed with COVID-19. Uh, my wife was, uh, my, my, my dad's wife was very distraught, she was crying, and she, uh, I called, talked to her, I called and talked to the nurse that evening, they said that they were treating him, he has other underlining issues, um, he is black, my dad's black, my mom is white, um, but I say that to just share that we've heard so much from the media that says that uh, the black community is is disproportionately being uh, hit harder than uh, than most other demographics, other ethnic backgrounds. My dad has some underlining health issues. He battles high blood pressure, and I won't get into what else he's battled, but he's strong as an ox. I mean, he's he's been, when I was growing up, he was like two Mr. T's squashed into one. Very Always been a very big man, uh, and he's stubborn. He doesn't like to go to the doctor. I think a lot of people feel that way, especially with COVID-19 going around. So he had waited to go into the doctor. He went in initially on Father's Day. They said that he had uh, a, another issue that uh, was treatable, and they sent him home. Well, a few days later, he had to go back. His wife made him go back, and that's when they diagnosed him with COVID-19. So she was very distraught. My sister was bawling, crying, and, and I was obviously also very taken aback uh, having to deal with my dad being in the hospital. Nobody likes to hear that or wants to hear that. And, of course, I had all the opportunities to jump on the fear bandwagon. Uh, you know, everything you've heard and people that are immune, immunocompromised have, uh, uh, have battled other issues. They obviously are, are more at risk for being taken out from this. So I changed my flight the next day. I flew to my hometown of Redding, California and uh, couldn't see him. Obviously, he was in quarantine. My, uh, my stepmom was also in quarantine at her house. Um, I was able to meet with Mike Lindell before I left and he gave me the extract that uh, has shown phenomenal absolutely incredible results. Uh, thank you again, Mike Lindell. Love that man so much and so thankful that he supports me here in the, in the show. So I flew that to, uh, to my parents. 
Got it to my stepmom um, and then waited to see what was going to take place. The very next day, my sister texted me and she texted me a picture of my dad's car. My dad's 1998 BMW, um, older car. He's he's worked hard for everything he has. Uh, hasn't overspent at all. His, his car was actually in the church parking lot. He's a pastor. And somebody over the night that it was sitting in the church parking lot took all four rims and tires. The car was sitting on bricks uh, the next day. And uh, it was unlocked. People close actually saw people try to come back to the to the car the next day to steal more. And it just really irked me. It was actually my birthday. This was Saturday. Uh, really irked me. And I just felt like it was a slap in the face from the enemy just trying to just poke at my dad even more. You know, he financially is, he's getting by. He, he just gets by. I help him from time to time. But uh, he had just saved up for brand new tires for that car and uh, they were all gone and I was just upset I, I was really upset I was pissed off at the enemy um, I believe that that he he's out there to steal kill and destroy everything good in our life so I just made one post I said you know what I prayed about it I thought about it I said obviously I could help my dad get some tires uh, and rims for his car I obviously could do that but I said you know what it's my birthday I'm gonna throw out there an invitation for you guys on Facebook, I didn't put it on Twitter, I didn't put it on YouTube, and I'll tell you why in a minute, but I put it on Facebook and I just shared the story. I shared what happened, I shared uh, what my dad was dealing with, and I said, if you feel like supporting my dad, I'd like to actually help him get a new car. I can't remember the last time he's had a brand new anything, uh, and it doesn't even have to be brand new, but it'd be nice to have him have something that was reliable and just was a blessing in the face of everything that he was dealing with. And I gotta tell you, <laughs> I made that post literally as I was about to take off from the airplane. I was in flying uh, home. I posted uh, this post. I created a GoFundMe really quick. I was trying to do it before we took off in case I didn't have um, cell service in the air. And literally within a couple minutes, there was over $2,700 from from you (laughs) uh, just showing love to my dad. And I, I, I started crying in my seat. I was just, I couldn't believe it. I'm just so thankful for for all of you that uh, don't know my dad, but just wanted to bless him in this time of need. And and I know there's so many people out there that have things that they need, but uh, there's there's individuals like you out there that that are not in a place where you're in where you need. You can actually give, and uh, it just it just rocked me to my core. Well, I kept watching it grow and grow and grow. And to all of you that donated, it's now over forty thousand dollars. And it's going to be such a blessing for him. And they are so blessed. Him and his wife are so blessed. It's a huge relief off of their back. And I just want to personally say to all of you that donated, thank you. Literally from the bottom of my heart, thank you. It's a huge, huge blessing uh, to my dad. And it's showing him some love from some Trump supporters. Uh, he's been on the fence. I can tell you, he's been on the fence. And uh, I talked to his wife today, and most of the black side of my family, have, have most of them have written me off. Not all of them, but most of them have. And they've even posted some very derogatory things about me. And I just deal with it. You know, it's, it's what I deal with. Uh, it hurts most when it's family because they know me. They know, you know, they know, A, I'm very intelligent. They know uh, I work hard for everything I have. They know that I'm a stand-up guy. They, they know I love my family. And so to, to see some of the hate, and I actually just saw some a few days earlier, a couple days earlier, actually, from my own family uh, on his side, it, it hurts. So here's the beautiful blessing of it all is... 
I got to share with my dad how much came in and just I made a point to make sure he knew it was Trump supporting love. It was individuals that support this president, that support me, that were showing him love. And I brought it up to his wife this morning, actually, because she said she's been getting some questions from some of their side of the family. And uh, it's not all love over there. But I said, you know what? All you can tell them is that some Trump supporters wanted to show their love <laughs> to her and my dad. So uh, just again, thank you so, so much for all of you that gave. Uh, I'm planning on flying out there to uh, Reading and taking my dad to get something probably for him and maybe for even his wife. But uh, we're going to make very good use of that. Every single penny will go towards my dad. Uh, maybe some medical bills that he's got from this. I don't want. I want it to be a blessing. And I know that's what you want too. So uh, thank you so much for all of you that donated uh, truly from the bottom of my heart. I'll be bringing you videos. Once he's off of quarantine, I'll be bringing you videos of, uh, of us and whatever we got him and let you, know, let you all know what we did with what you gave. So truly, thank you so, so, so much. We couldn't have done it without you. And hopefully that has some additional ripple effects too through the family. I know it's definitely going to open their eyes and has already to the absolute love that is what Trump supporters are, what we have, who we are. We don't shoot hate. We don't spit out hate at other people, regardless of, uh, of what their beliefs are. We are the party of love. We are the people of love. And, uh, and uh, the messages, I've just, even my wife was sharing that she was just getting so blessed reading the messages that, all, that came in from all of you that donated. So again, thank you so, so much. Just wanted to give you an update on that and on my father. He should be released in the next day or two. His symptoms are not COVID related. It's his other underlining issues that COVID doesn't help. Uh, it normally hurts, but he is getting stronger. And uh, we've been hearing it from a couple, for a couple days, but... Uh, his wife's unable to physically help him at home and they need to stay self-quarantined. So they're going to wait until he's physically strong enough to walk and leave the hospital before they let him go home and then quarantine because of this COVID. So that is the update on my dad. Again, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. I truly was, it was a, one of the best blessings and birthdays I've ever had was to see the outpouring of love and support for all of you for my father, somebody that you don't even know, but you wanted to just show him love. So Again, thank you so, so much. All right, let's get into the news. I had to bring that to you. I probably should have did that at the end, sitting here uh, crying like a little baby, but uh, that's how much it absolutely just uh, blessed me. So thank you, th thank you, say thank you, thank you, thank you. I couldn't say thank you enough. So let's get into it, folks. We've got more chaos that just continues to pl take place, and now the fifth shooting has taken place in the chop zone fifth shooting in the Chaz chop they can't even figure out what they want to name it the autonomous zone in seattle there has been yet another shooting inside of the chop zone in seattle for the fifth time two people were shot this time one of them has now died and the other one is in critical condition and may not survive in all seven people have been shot within the occupied territory two of them are now dead Two people in a US, an SUV broke through the barriers into the chop zone area and began firing, hitting the two victims. Hitting two victims, a man who was live streaming the occupied territory said that he heard multiple, multiple gunshots. Uh, and there's a video there from Twitter. You can go to the article after the show and uh, watch watch it for yourself. But you know what? What did this? What did the mayor Durkin? What did she think was going to take place? You know, she called it a summer of love. It's anarchy. 
We don't know who the person was that broke through the barrier. Maybe it was a just fed up business owner. Maybe it was somebody that just wanted to wreak havoc. Who knows what, what the purpose is. Uh, what we do know is that the six square block, square block uh, area of Seattle that was taken over was something that should have never taken place. Yet a liberal, a Democrat mayor allowed it thinking that what? What she think was going to happen? That they're going to be able to police themselves? That it would be good for the city of Seattle? That it'd be good for their, for the movement? Uh, for the anti-American, anti-capitalism, anti-Trump movement? Because understand that's exactly what it is. It is all about anti-Trump. Uh, I've got some things breaking this week that I'm going to show you that make some connections to prove that this is not an organic uprising taking place all over the country. No, it is a very well-orchestrated, well-planned, well-funded organization, uh, multiple organizations, com- a combined effort to bring chaos to the cities that we're seeing take place all around this country. And the ultimate goal is to get Tr- Donald Trump out of office. That is their ultimate goal. I'm going to prove that to you this very week on the show, so you're not going to want to miss it. Well, we've had... Uh, we had, uh, sorry, we, we had the uh, police actually release a video that show the violence that was taking place before tear gas was used. It's been, uh, it's, it's been touted that, oh, the police, they used tear gas for no reason. Well, the park police released a video of the violent, very violent protesters before the infamous Trump tear gas. The Democrats and the media have been spreading fake news, friends. Constantly they spread fake news that protesters in Lafayette Park were just peacefully protesting, but now the Park Service has released a video showing how very violent the protesters were. This was an answer to a lawsuit claiming police had used unnecessary force uh, against the thugs in the park. Here is the video. I've got it to you. Uh, I've got it to you right here. That is assault on our officers, our men and women in blue. That is an attack. They're throwing bricks. They're throwing bottles of water that have been frozen, that might as well be just like a brick, into the field of our law enforcement officers. What did they expect was going to take place? Now this right here, hopefully this wakes up every person that jumped on the bandwagon listening to the fake news from MSNBC, CNN, all, pretty much all of them. They shared, oh, they were peaceful protesters that then got tear gassed. No, those were not peaceful protesters. And they deserve a lot more than just being tear gassed. They, need, they deserve being hauled off to jail, every single one of them. If there's somebody in the middle of these protesters, while other protesters are throwing these uh, uh, even Molotov cocktails, these bricks, these these ice water bottles, they should also be taken into custody because they're a part of the problem. 
you know, if there were 90% peaceful people there, which I don't think there were, and only 10% were doing damage, well, guess what? That 10%, I guarantee you, they wouldn't feel as emboldened as they do if that other 90% weren't there. So they're all complicit. They're all a part of the problem. And the fake news media is being exposed for exactly who they are. And it's about time they're being exposed. Unfortunately, the effect is still taking place. Uh, The negative effect and the negative impact is taking place on our police as so many state and local officials, Democrat state and local officials, are just like Mayor Durkin, are telling the officers to stand down and not use excessive force when excessive force is needed. And unfortunately, New York City, it could very well turn into Gotham City. Nearly 300 NYPD officers file for retirement as violent crime surges. This week in New York City, 272 policemen uh, and women put in their retirement. Last year, over the same period, there were 183 officers that retired. That's an increase of barely under 50%. Some officers decided not to wait to get 30 years before retiring because of the increasing danger de Blasio and Cuomo have created by doing away with the 600-person plainclothes officers who helped keep the numbers low. De Blasio is also planning to reroute $150 million intended for police to other priorities. What do you think is going to happen in these cities where there's less police? The criminals aren't going to go anywhere. The criminals aren't going to say, oh, well, let's go to another area where there's police. No, it's law-abiding good Americans that are going to take the brunt of criminals saying, great, there's less police out here. Let's just go do what we want to do. They're already pretty much showing you what they're willing to do. Chaos, destruction, destroying businesses, robbing, looting, and uh, and defacing property. And if you're caught in the middle of that chaos, well, you could become a victim as well, like we've seen all over the place innocent Americans just there trying to protect their businesses and get stomped on in the process. Friends, this is exactly what I believe the Democrats want. They want chaos. They want absolute anarchy because to them, it's a way to try to get this president out of office, or at least it's showing the uh, American people exactly what they want, which they don't want anything that's actually protecting and serving America. And that is truly, truly unfortunate. Well, this police car had actually had enough this police car had enough. These protesters were uh, uh, they were endangering this man's life. We've seen too many officers get hurt, get killed at the hands of these protesters, these violent, I'm going to stop calling them protesters, they're criminals, at the hands of these violent criminals. This police cruiser, the, the, the officer in the car, they had enough. And uh, the people that they got caught, well, they deserved every bit of what, of what you're about to see here. <laughs> You want to play with the police? You want to come at them with rocks and bottles and bang on their cars? Well, you deserve every single thing that comes at you. I, I really don't care. These these individuals are willing to they're willing to put their lives on the line for this supposed cause that supposedly is about black lives. Well, it's about black lives unless you're a a black police officer, unless you're a black paramedic, unless you're uh, unless you're a black baby in the womb, 
unless you're a black uh, individual that's a business owner that's trying to protect your business, well, yeah, you don't count. If you're a conservative, you're black, you don't count either. So this supposed movement about black lives, well, hopefully Americans are waking up. This has nothing whatsoever to do with about black lives anymore. It is an anarchy mission led by Marxists that want to topple this country and take everything that we have known and loved so dear. So I think they get every single thing that's coming to them. They're going to jump on a cruiser like that and try to stop the car. Well, maybe they got rode up and ran over. Maybe they didn't. But whatever, uh, whatever it is, they're the ones that put themselves in harm's way. Well, now we've got a story that I believe every American needs to see, and I think most Americans have. It is exactly what to do. And hopefully you have the means, hopefully you have the ability, hopefully you've got yourself armed like this couple did that absolutely took matters into their own hands and said, oh no, it's not going to happen, not on my watch. AR-15 couple says, get off our property, Black Lives Matter domestic terrorists, that's exactly what they are. In the 1970s, uh, the writer Eric, uh, he writes, I lived through the, Car- the Carter disastrous presidency, with, uh, with included, which included high interest rates, gas shortages, and the Iranian, Iranian hostage crisis. When Ronald Reagan was elected in 1980, the hostages were immediately, uh, immediately released, and America came together, kind of like this current MAGA movement. Our country has had its ups and downs since 1992. There was the Rodney King video, officers acquitted causing the L.A. riots. Over time, law and order were restored to L.A. Then Trevon Martin in 2012 launched Black Lives Matter. Uh, Michael Brown in 2015, race relations declined significantly under President Barack Obama. Um, They declined significantly. I definitely believe that Barack was a huge reason, reason for that. He, along with AG holders, attacked the integrity of the police, creating animosity that permeated the urban communities. Black Lives Matter and anarchist group Antifa who originated in Europe to fight against fascist dictators, but in America, they are the fascists themselves, no doubt about it. Both have been identified as domestic terrorist groups and are under scrutiny of the DOJ. Well, let's get down to this beautiful... I actually I actually shared this. I'll, I'll, I've got the video. I wanted to bring it to you myself. For these domestic terrorist groups, if they come to your neighborhood, hopefully you're armed, hopefully you're ready to defend your home, and hopefully this is the response. I think this is the response that you would get as well. Yes. Are you armed? Are you ready for some uh, potential invaders? Now, I know those folks actually lived in a gated community. I think they were targeted. I know we've seen uh, we've seen marchers, protesters, well, we'll call them domestic terrorists, marching through Beverly Hills, chanting, eat the rich. Are you kidding me? Is there any well-meaning American that's been siding with Democrats for years or decades that agrees with eat the rich? Because that's exactly what they want to do. Figuratively, hopefully, they would like to take out every single person that they deem as uh, wealthy. They say, uh, well, they got it because they're white. They got it because of oppression. They got it because somebody was oppressed. No, they got it because they worked hard for what they have. Are there certain people that are born into wealth? Sure. I'm not talking about them. And there's some good ones. There's some bad ones. But most Americans, 
Most millionaires in this country worked very hard for every single dollar that they have. They spend it wisely and they care about this country and they did it the right way. They did it with an idea. They did it with an invention. They did it with creating a service, creating a business that provides services that people want over somebody else's services that people want. You know, if you want socialism in this country, well, you're going to get you're going to get empty sh uh, shelves on, in grocery stores. You're going to have uh, every you're going to have shortages of, of all kinds as the government tries to manage handling everything for all of us. Are you kidding me? Look at Venezuela. It's an absolute crap show. The people are poor, destitute, and eating out of the garbage as there's no food, no toiletries. You think it's bad right now shopping for toilet paper? Or it was bad a month or so ago? Yeah, let socialism have its way in this country, and we'll all be begging for a lot more than toilet paper. Well, thankful that that couple were, were safe, they stayed safe, and they showed America why we have the Second Amendment. Also makes me think about every single time... These Democrat politicians said, we don't need AR-15s. Nobody needs anything with a high-capacity uh, uh, magazine. Nobody needs anything with 30 rounds. Nobody need You don't need that. Well, I bet you uh, that couple right there is very glad that they had what they had. You see the wife? She had a little pistol, but she was packing too. That is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Well, this is what happens, friends, when uh, protesters just continue to try to... They just want to beat all the odds. This is a little... Uh, uh, this is a little sensitive in what takes place. If you're sensitive to seeing uh, criminals um, succumb to their stupidity, well, you might not want to watch. But I think this is pretty stinking funny. <laughs> <laughs> Here comes a lawsuit, right? He's going to sue. That statue is too big for me to climb. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he broke something. He probably broke a few somethings, but, you know, it feels good to see the absolute ignorance of an individual's decisions smack them right in the buttocks and legs. <laughs> Oh my goodness! What else do we got out here? I got some stupid. I got some. I got some other good stuff, including a stupid question that Kaylee McEnany had to answer. But uh, let's let's finish. I, I want to finish up. I'm going to jump back to the riots. I'm going to jump back to the chaos in a minute. I've got a message from a gentleman that's in Washington D.C. Washington D.C. that I think every single person needs to hear. It is what we all should be rallying around right now. It's a different message than what we've been hearing. But I'm going to bring that to you in a little bit. We've got Van Jones that's taken heat. He's he's jumped back and forth across the line so much. He tried to help. He did help with prison reform. He knew it was uh, it was all credit for the president. And again, if the president's racist, why would he push for prison reform when he knew it was going to proportionally help black individuals more than anybody? Because the 94 crime bill that Joe Biden wrote into law... Well, that disproportionately affected the black community more than any other uh, uh, ethnic group in this country. So Van Jones has gone back and forth. But it's just interesting how the left eats their own. 
Yeah, they do. They don't care who you are. They'll eat you up, spit you out if they get a chance to. Van Jones, this is coming from my new news site, djhjmedia.com. Check it out uh, a couple times throughout the day when you want to get good, uh, honest news. And if you haven't got my book, there it is. Get it. Those are flying off the shelves right now. Van Jones catching heat for helping Trump craft executive order on police reform. Wouldn't that be a good thing? Wouldn't it be a good thing for people on both sides of the aisle to actually work together to get something done? Especially in this current climate we're in right now. Don't you think it'd be a good thing? Well, the left doesn't. Van Jones, uh, he helped out, and he's catching some heat. It was recently revealed that Van Jones, a CNN political commentator who praised President Trump for a recent executive order on police reform, had attended a secret White House meeting to come up with uh, the new measure, according to a report. Jones, 51, who hosts the Van Jones show on CNN, supported President Trump on the network for his executive order to create a system for tracking police misconduct. It sounds like a good system ban most chokeholds and put uh, push for officer training after what's been going on across the country and after the death of George Floyd. He complimented the president as the executive order was slammed as cynical and unproductive by the NAACP, a group that really has no care whatsoever for uh, African Americans. Uh, he was slammed by their defense, their legal defense fund, and described as delusional by the Color of Change, a racial justice group that Jones himself co-founded 15 years ago. Imagine that. You co-found something, and then later they want to slam you. The Daily Beast delivered the message that leftists will never be satisfied. Here, President Trump did the right thing, and the left still never gave him credit. They don't credit him for actively working to get the lowest black unemployment in our history. They don't give him credit for prison reform. Nope. Uh, even though Van Jones did uh, did somewhat acknowledge him for that. Uh, but they don't really care about those things as long as Trump is the one who got them accomplished. They're just completely nuts. Unknown to the viewers, Jones had joined his buddy Jared Kushner, Trump's son-in-law and advisor at the White House, to talk about detail to go into the order of police reform, uh, according to, uh, uh, and it's no secret, that Kushner and his wife Ivanka are uh, are not MAGA people. Well, they love they love the president. They are liberal Democrats for the most part, but they get a lot of work done, and they're happy being so. Kushner reached out to Jones, and Jones took advantage of the situation, basically thinking it's better to get something than nothing and moving forward towards progress. Well, Jones, long story short, he helped law enforcement officers and the White House staffers fashion the measure that that uh, was Jessica Jackson, the California human rights attorney who runs Cut Fifty, a prison reform group that Jones also founded. The executive order was a good thing. Well, you'd think it was a good thing, but uh, Pelosi, some of the other Democrats, and all these groups, well, they've slammed Van Jones for it. My question to Van would be this. Why don't you stop teetering on both sides of the fence, Van? Why don't you just pick a side, the patriotic side, the American side, the side that's actually getting things done? Why wouldn't you just pick a side that's, that is on the right side of history and stay there? Who cares what you've done for the last 20 plus years? Who cares about the party that's uh, done nothing for black Americans in 60 years, really ever actually, let me rephrase that. Who cares about sticking with the party that you've been with for so long? Why don't you stick with the party that's actually on the right side of history, that, that stands for truth, that stands for justice, that stands for liberty? We also be ha happen to be standing up for this president. Van, you should learn a thing or two, and it should be that the side that you're continually taking is not the right side. They could care less about it. You and anything that's actual true progress. They want their Marxist progressive movement to take over, and they don't care who gets in their way. Uh, and I think Van learned that today. All right, we've got this. So many uh, people are now calling for mandatory masks. Wearing mandatory masks, as apparently COVID's making a comeback. 
Well, it wasn't making a comeback, a comeback when uh, when rioters were out rioting. It wasn't necessary to worry about with George Floyd's funeral, of which they had multiple funerals and services. No, I didn't see any uh, uh, six feet social distancing taking place then. There's no uh, worry about it uh, with any of the rioting, any of the looting, any of the chanting, any of the marching. But if it's a MAGA, a Trump rally, well, then uh, you got to wear a mask. You got to social distance. If it's going to the grocery store, well, if it's going to church, well, but the uh, this sheriff has a message that I really wish so many other law enforcement officers would take, and it has everything to do with masks. Uh, in case you guys didn't hear, Governor Inslee, in his infinite wisdom, has decided after over 100 and some odd days that we should all wear face masks inside and out. Here's, here's what I say. Don't be a sheep. Don't be a sheep. You know, one thing that's very uh, important to not forget is that while the number of test positive cases has gone up, in most of these areas, the, taste, the, the cases of hospitalization has not gone up. The cases of deaths has not gone up. Uh, we're just testing more. We're testing a lot more. So wouldn't it make sense that there's going to be a lot more people that test positive? I use my dad again as a case uh, example. He's somebody that has underlining health issues. He's uh, in his 60s, mid-60s, and they're not even testing him for COVID. They're testing him for the other issues that he's got going on in his body. So don't feed into the hype. And I'm not going to, I refuse to make have somebody make me wear a mask. I actually think I had uh, one of the flight attendants on American uh, maybe send a private signal or something because I didn't want to wear a mask. Um, they were. I was sitting in the exit row. I just tell them, you know, I've, I've got a, uh, I've got a medical condition, and if they ask me, I say I'm allergic to bull crap. <laughs> uh, that's why the little two cents on that one. But uh, yeah, he wanted to know what seat I was sitting in because I was walking around the plane with no mask on. Literally, everybody's just wearing a mask all over the place. There, there is a thing called herd immunity. We want that. We, w- we want more people with antibodies out there breathing on other people uh, than people not breathing on other people. I think for a lot of people, it's actually a health concern to wear a mask. For a lot of people, it is. We shouldn't be breathing in constant CO2. Our bodies aren't designed that way. So uh, thankful for that, Sheriff, for telling it exactly like it is. Now, I actually had to... Uh, I had to run my car into today right before the show and I met a gentleman there that asked me a question that a lot of people have been asking me about the Tulsa rally. Why was the top half of the place pretty much empty? Uh, the bottom half was totally full. The floor was totally full. But the top half was definitely sprinkled. Well, it was sabotaged, friends. I think there was a few reasons. A, there was boards all over a lot of businesses all around the arena. So many businesses decided to stay closed uh, the day of the rally and even the next day fearing that there would be chaos that there'd be riots and uh, well the National Guard came in and that did not happen Uh, but I think a lot of people just chose you know what 
I'll watch it on TV. And I think the numbers of how many viewers were on Fox, even mine, I went live for a minute, had over 20,000 people watching. Uh, I think the, uh, the sentiment, the, the, the feeling by a lot of people was, I'll just stay home. Add to that the uh, fear of COVID that is out there. A lot of people, especially if you're immunocompromised, you don't want to be in a place that's packed. Well, they were checking temperatures at the door, but something else took place. I actually had a friend of mine share with me, and I don't think it had a lot to do with the TikTok lady. They're giving her a lot of credit. I think they're giving that woman way too much credit. The left will do that all the time. They've continued to do it throughout his rallies, order a bunch of tickets, and then not show up. I think true patriots, they do show up. But the fear of chaos... The fear of COVID, and then this. Tulsa area arena management sabotaged the Trump rally attendance, friends. They absolutely did. Something just did not look right. And I actually even, I said, uh, I was sitting next to Attorney General Pam Bondi. I said, I think the president was a little upset. I think he was a little pissed off that it wasn't packed. Well, it was it was sabotage. Um, with the virus still in the news, I talked about that. It made sense that some uh, of the older supporters may not have gone out. But there was a lawsuit brought forward, friends, which ended up at the Oklahoma Supreme Court who ruled that they could hold the rally unabated. Uh, there was an estimated 1 million ticket sales, yet when the cameras were turned on, there were a lot of empty seats in the upper half only. The lower half was completely packed. Uh, they went they went off mocking the president and fueling the idea that President Trump is failing in support of Joe Biden, all completely garbage. The Gateway Pundit put together the pieces. It was a hyper-progressive who was able to prevent a large amount of the crowd from entering, then took to Twitter to mock the president. An article was published several days ago written by an anonymous attendee who made the claim that the management at the BOK Center in Oklahoma sabotaged the attendance for the campaign rally by tre- with President Trump uh, with literally resulting in thousands of empty seats at the box center. Um, the fire marshal and the arena management put attendance at just over 6,000 while the, the Trump cl- campaign claimed there was 12,000 that had cleared metal detectors. It was, it was over halfway full. The other allegations of sabotage made by the attendee were that the box center uh, temperature screeners were pulled off the job hours earlier. I was able to confirm that with a local pastor there in the area that also shared and sent with me, sent to me, that uh, somebody underneath the staff of the mayor actually resigned over the entire issue. The, uh, the what, make, what makes the allegation of an effort to drive down attendance plausible is a celebrity tweet, a celebratory tweet, the night of the rally by Jay Marciano, head of the management company for the Box Center, AEG part of ASM Global on a low record attendance. Lying Don's show, show in Tulsa is a big, fat, stiff. Friends, that is coming from the... Uh, the head of the management company that was handling the rally. Here's his tweet. Lying Don show in Tulsa, big fat stiff. There's only 6,624 people in the arena. So much for there were requests for more mil- 1 million total lies. So you want to know what happened? That's what happened. There was sabotage. The people taking temperatures were pulled off of taking temperatures. They weren't letting anybody in without their temperature taken. Some of us that were behind the scenes, we actually had to get tested for COVID as well. But add to that everything else I shared, and that is exactly why there was an issue with not completely packing that arena uh, in Tulsa. Believe me, there is a ton of support for this president. Momentum has never been higher and I truly believe we're going to see a red tsunami, but we need to see it in every area possible. I know Burgess Owens, his uh, his 
his races tomorrow there he needs a lot of support out there i love burgess uh, in utah make sure if you're in that area that you support that man he is right for your area and we need individuals like him in congress uh, make sure you're supporting at your local and state races whenever they are all the way up till november what else do we got i, I want to show you this this is just an absolutely stupid question i love the way kaylee responds to this question but this is the kind of question because it's the kind of narrative it's the same narrative that mainstream media fake news liberal liberal uh, mainstream media outlets have been pushing against this president it's summed up in this absolutely ignorant ludicrous question coming from this reporter in the white house does he believe does president trump believe that it was a good thing that the south lost the civil war and then two is he interested in following NASCAR's example and banning the Confederate flag at his own events? Well, your first question is absolutely absurd. He's proud of the United States of America. Um, second, with regard to our statues, um, Americans oppose tearing down our statues. There is a Harvard-Harris poll released just last week that shows 60% of respondents said the statues should remain, and 71% said local governments should block groups from physically destroying the statues. So he stands on the side of preserving our history. Yes, he does. And what American president would be sad about how the Civil War ended, especially a president that's done so much for the black community? My point is, they ask questions like that intentionally to support their narrative that this president, president is a racist. Friends, it's hogwash. It's total nonsense. Please, if you're believing the mainstream media, please wake up. Please smell the roses, the stinky, dung-filled roses that the mainstream media continues to put in front of your face. Please smell the stench and turn them off. Turn on other individuals, other networks like OAN. They're amazing. Fox gets it right most of the time. Most of their people on there are absolutely amazing. Turn me on. Share share me as well. Uh, Jack Posobiec, he's, uh, he went through some... some I asked him if he was scared for what he went through, and he said, nah, he was in mosh pits worse than what he saw at, there in D.C. But turn on the right news. Turn on America's voice. Turn on stations that are not going to give you new propaganda. Understand that the, that's what these mainstream media outlets are doing. So, friends, a quick word from my sponsor, which is my wife and I's small business. Yes, our small business, UncorkedLiving.com. We got this little baby back in stock. It, threw, it flew off the shelves. I got to tell you, I take all these products. I use all these products every single day. I love and get so much benefits from all of these. Interlean is a metabolism booster. You take one capsule in the morning with breakfast. It gives you alertness. It get, wakes you up. It replaces your coffee, and it curbs your appetite. We have people losing weight and feeling great just off of Interlean all by itself. I could not get through my day either without my uncorked juice. I drink this all throughout the day. Filled with five superfruits designed to fill your body with anti-inflammatories, antioxidants, and give you increased energy and mental clarity. Don't take these together. I take that in the morning and I drink this throughout the day. And uh, in the evening to help calm my mind down. I don't know about you, but with so much constantly going on in the news, uh, it's hard to shut my mind off. Dream helps me do just that. I take one of these unless I really need to, but I'll take one of these dream capsules uh, and it helps relax my mind, relax my muscles, gets me ready for sleep. And I sleep great and I dream like crazy as well. And detox. I also take this every night. Detox plus designed to target your liver, your gallbladder and your colon. It cleanses you out. It helps keep you regular, relieves bloating. And uh, it's uh, an amazing 
product that I literally, I take that every single night. That package is at uncorkliving.com. Use the code David. That'll give you an extra savings. So my wife and I, small business, we even fulfill. My wife does most of the orders herself, and you'll even see little notes on there, little thank yous handwritten by my wife or I. So all of our products are gluten-free, no sugar, nothing artificial. That We use the best ingredients. All ingredients are not created equal. So we literally hand-chose the ingredients because of their potency and purity, and that's why they work the way that they do. And if they don't work for you, 30-day money-back guarantee, no questions asked. We'll be happy to do that for you. But I know that you'll love the way you feel. I think there's a better you bottled up. And uh, it's right inside of our uncorkedliving.com website and product. So uncorkedliving.com, thank you all so much for ordering. And I've got the video now that I just think is a message that all Americans need to hear. This truly, truly blessed me to hear this. We need to hear more of this. I've been uh, contemplating, thinking about when I can plan to do something like this myself. I'd love to go right into the cha zone, the chop zone, and share this message. But I, I want to go and bring some friends with me. But stay tuned. This is exactly something that I want to do. in the past. But listen, we have to forgive the past. We have to forgive what my fathers did to your father, what your fathers did to my father. Yes, that is exactly what we all should be hearing right now. The message that we should all be sharing is what that ma- that man was sharing right there. We are all one family. We're the United States. That means we as family and friends, people, we are united here in this country. There's one side that's hell-bent on division right now, and there's one side that's bent on unity, on loving all each other, forgiving the past, and moving forward. That's a message that's near and dear to my heart. I'm absolutely thankful for that man for sharing it. So friends, thank you so, so much for tuning in. Hit the share button right now. Somebody may watch this later that will absolutely get blessed. Thank you for your support. Thank you on my podcast. Please share this podcast. And if you have not already subscribed to the David J. Harris Jr. Podcast, you'll get this plus all my amazing one-on-one interviews. I've got several lined up for this week that you're not going to want to miss. Please subscribe to the David J. Harris Jr. Podcast. God bless you. TGIM. Thankful for every day that we're given. Have a great rest of your evening, and I'll see you all tomorrow night. Bye-bye.